If you're anything like me, you're booked and busy. From family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like Wrestling with Freddie, with me, Freddie Prinz Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show, Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh, yes. La buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent, you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com This be the Custard TV podcast. Think of us as your support bubble through TV. We'll support you. We'll watch stuff so that you don't have to. That's what we do. I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com. Uh, Matt's here from Northern Area. Hello. Hello. Oh, Hello. Very subdued. Hello, folks. Well, yes, Hello. It's, it's, it's afternoon time when we're recording this. It's Sunday it's afternoon. Bit, bit of a chilled vibe, I think, this afternoon. Yeah. Because I've been doing a little bit of overtime today, and I've um, listened to Spotify a lot of the time when I'm uh, doing work. And the, this morning, I have had a playlist on called Yacht Rock. Ooh, what was on the yacht, Matt? Not a lot of rock, really. I mean, they had like Africa by Toto, but the first two things were "You Make My Dreams Come True" by Hall and Oates, followed by uh, "September" by Earth, Wind and Fire. And I was like, I'm getting into that is gonna cheer you up, even in these scenarios. And then Fleetwood Mac's dreams and to- and Africa by Toto. Yeah, I I would board that yacht quite happily. <laughs> Don't know why it's called Yacht Rock, but yeah, mm. and it's got stuff like uh, Easy Lover, You Can Call Me Al, yeah. Don't Stop Believing. I don't know how many like boxers that get pumped up by Earth, Wind and Fire or Hall and Oates, but they always do it for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm well, it's, it's the but... uh, Simon Cowell favourites, isn't it? I, I don't know about September, but that You Make My Dreams Come True always gets yeah. played, doesn't it? Ain't no mountain high enough. Oh, he loves that, doesn't he? Just to give our podcast a bit of a lift, why don't we do those three songs now? Just to, all those four songs, just to pick people up before we start. What I want.
That'll do me. <laughs> Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So this is the Custard TV podcast, some TV reviews. You want to just briefly, feels like a long time ago, as everything does at the moment, but we'll just, we'll just briefly do the BAFTAs just because it's something we would usually talk about. The nominees are out. A lot of our favourites got a mention. A couple of our favourites didn't. Oh. No love for Mum at all, which no. just seems bonkers. Mm-hmm. And although I wasn't a massive fan, no love for years and years, really. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this because it really did shock me and it feels like maybe mum is a little bit too middle class, a little too old fashioned maybe, like male writer. I think BAFTA likes to, and rightly so, be quite inclusive looking at the nominees. Mm. It, you know, it's it's middle class, most of the cast are middle aged. Mm. Um, in the middle of a field somewhere just talking, whereas, you know, you've got stuff in there like Fleabag, which is really popular. If you described it to me like that, I would not have enjoyed it half as much. A load of middle-class people... Yeah, a lot of older middle class people in a field. I mean, it's ama- it's I'm amazing, out. but that's sort of it's not yeah. as sort of maybe progressive as Fleabag, or yeah. we've got stuff like Home. It is a very diverse lineup, which is good. The one comedy nominee where Leslie Manville could have pushed away in is the woman from Frayed hmm. got no idea what that's doing <laughs> yeah that seems a little uh, obscure yeah. like, um, all the, co- the comedy nominees are all things that certainly like you like I mean I'm not as big on State Let's Flats or Derry Girls but the, the four there Catastrophe, Derry Girls, Fleabag Fleabag and State Let's Flats yeah. are all favourites, certainly of yours, aren't they? Yeah. Do you want to just go through drama drama series? I suppose you've got the crown in there, which sort of takes away from my, at me. my theory. Um, with the the end of the effing world, which is good, we we enjoy that. Um, uh, Giri Haji is that dark crime drama, and Gentleman Jack again has got traditional elements mixed in with uh, something a little bit more modern than that. I think that combination is is good, and I think it's I think it's good that the BAFTAs have got like a mixture and and quite a progressive attitude. I think uh, I suppose in lead actor we've got Stephen Graham, who I think is is possibly the one that's going to win. Jared Harris for Chernobyl, no brainer there. Takiro Hira is he the was he the main guy in Giri Hashi, the yes. main detective? Yeah. And and one I'm sure you're really happy about Luke Callum Turner in the capture. I did roll my eyes. <laughs> at that when i saw that i just think he has got the personality of a piece of plasterboard to be fair you didn't think... watch the capture past the no first but time. i've never seen him in anything where i go he's playing a character there no he's mm-hmm. not he's just doing the plasterboard act again mm-hmm. i think yeah. he's so wooden lead actress we've got jodie comer and killing eve yeah uh which for the second series i'm guessing yeah uh, Glenda Jackson and Elizabeth is missing. Uh, Saran Jones, Gentleman Jack, I can see that. Again, very captivating presence in that. And Samantha Morton in I Am Kirsty, which... I like that one. We like that. I, I mean, we we had a chat about the I Ams, didn't we? And I think I liked the Gemma Chan one the most. 
that felt the the most original anyway. But Samantha Morton is uh, is a brilliant actress, and you know you won't begrudge her a nomination. Um, in supporting actress, interesting again, the only uh, acting nominee from the end of the effing world is Naomi Aki, who yeah. was captivating and yeah. different and yeah. special in that. But yeah. Helen Bannon, who played the sister in The Virtues. Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown. Cuba Grown from Luke. Yeah. And Jasmine Jobson in Top Boy. Again, something yeah, you don't I saw watch. That. No, I saw the third season of Top oh, Boy. Oh, did you? Yeah. Mini series, we had A Confession, Chernobyl, The Virtues, and also The Victim, which is one that I watched all the way through, and I don't I think you did. It was a long time ago, but I, it's obviously within the. Last time April? Period. Yeah, was it mad. April time? So long ago. Yeah. So just like Gentleman Jack as well. That was around mm. the same time, wasn't it? I mean, some other favourites of ours, Mortimer and Whitehouse Gone Fishing, is in there in, in the ambiguous features category, <laughs> alongside Joe Joe Lice. It's got your back. The Misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan and Snack Masters. That's the one where they had to make a big Kit Kat. That's all I know about that. <laughs> Um, and and another the show's got a Kit Kat in it. I'll be aware of its race across, race across the world that got in there yeah. as well, Luke. And that's in the equally befuddling reality and constructed factual uh, category alongside celebrity Gogglebox, not normal Gogglebox. No. Harry's Heroes, the Full English, and RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Do we have a theory on why a show that is as critically loved? And as viewer loved as Line of Duty, just is always ignored by the BAFTAs. Do you have again? Is it too mainstream? Because a lot of mainstream stuff's been snubbed here, hasn't it? Almost feels like they're trying to be young and trendy a little bit. Like Line of Duty isn't there? Some like a lot of the big hitters. Line of Duty, I suppose we should mention the moment of the year it got in there, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like Gavin and Stacey, the... Game of Thrones, Love Island, musty moments as it's called. Um, but yeah. The big dramas, the big headline dramas, didn't really get in there. It's all the things that not a lot of people saw. You can check out the full list on the site now. The custard. I was just going to mention. Sorry, I was just going to mention international because we but did. Before you do that, Matt's going to mention international again. We were talking about when we were talking about what would be nominated for the Baftas because we said a lot of the stuff we liked in 2019 was international programs and three of our favorites are on there uh, euphoria succession and unbelievable i'm i'm and i'm surprised they're on there because again they're not ones that are really talked about over here are they apart from succession euphoria I think. particularly yeah I mean, and unbelievable yeah i mean i can see why unbelievable is there more than i can see why yeah. euphoria is there but i'm glad it's there and i'm mm. glad it's getting ref- and perhaps that speaks to your theory about being sp- speaking to the young and the trendy because mm-hmm. Euphoria has that specific demographic that yeah. it was reaching for. And it the, just and so happens that yeah. you and I are hip enough to still be oh, down with that yeah, demographic. Yeah. As you'll see later on with our review <laughs> choices. Yeah. And the fourth international one on there is When They See Us, which again is a very critically acclaimed one. I think yeah. we just found that a little bit too hard going, didn't we? I, I think. Always, I always think, right, I'm going to watch that and yeah. then. Something awful happens in the world, and I'm like, I'll, I'll wait till I've heard. Well, if yeah, if if are you waiting for something nice to happen, you'll yes. watch it in about twenty twenty four at this rate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a socially distant affair, I think, with yeah. Richard Ayoade in the studio on the thirty first of July. That's a Friday as well. The thirty first of July. That seems a well, bit strange. The days don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> 
But having an awards thing on a Friday night feels a bit odd. Yeah, well, what else are they going to do? Yeah. Be odd on up again. Matters. Nothing matters anymore. Nothing matters anymore. Okay. But keep listening. (laughs) Yes. See if I make it to the end. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. Four shows we're going to discuss. Having discussed the start of Series 3 of Killing Eve, we have now reached the end of it. We're going to discuss whether it was worth sticking around for for eight weeks. Also on HBO and BBC One, Michaela Cole's new drama, I May Destroy You. Also on HBO, Betty, that's on Sky Comedy for reasons that are completely lost on me. And the BBC's True Crime or True Life story, The Salisbury Poisonings, which airs across three nights next week well if you listen to this on tuesday when it comes out then the final episode will have aired starts on sunday and continues monday and tuesday across bbc one is it on sunday monday and tuesday on bbc one Luke? that was the message i was trying to convey (laughs) i got lost there because no day means anything anymore Let's start with that. Ripped that... from the headlines drama. Ripped from the headline, But it's not a story I particularly... Re- I think I remember hearing you about joke? it. You... God, Matt, you, need to... you needed to widen your bubble in 2018. Yeah, I, I, I tend now. to stay away from the news. I mean, is there a pandemic on at the moment or something? I'm not quite there sure. But... I haven't watched the news yeah. today, but I'm assuming no. it's not took Sunday off. But it starts with this couple on a bench, and they suddenly sort of collapse... It turns out he's a Russian spy. He was working as a double agent for the British government and had been poisoned with a nerve agent. At first, nobody quite knows what happened to this couple and the police are starting to investigate it. The lead police investigator is DS Bailey, played by Rafe Spall, who we see going to the house where this couple, the, the Scripples, Scripels, Uh, lived and just before he goes over the threshold it transpires that they've been poisoned so they do go in wearing the protective gear but as the episode goes on you quickly learn that he has also been exposed to this Mm -hmm. substance we've also got a lot of people who touched him on the bench and things but that's i suppose that's the main with the the sort the subplot of this one of the subplots of this episode is after he's done the initial investigation you see him deteriorating in his condition without quite knowing what's wrong with him because it hasn't become a national story yet. We've also got Anne-Marie Duff. She's a health and safety operative for the council. But she- Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, All Liquid Detergent, or Utz Chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Is the closest thing they've got to someone who can help them deal with a situation on on this extent. It's very close to what we're dealing with at the moment with the pandemic. No one quite knows what they're dealing with. And she's the one who's saying, we need the CCTV. I need to see the scene. I need to know who came into contact with these people. That element of it is the investigation. You've got people like Nigel Lindsay and Darren Boyd playing officers working on the case as well there's a character played by mark addy ross cassidy who was quite close to sergey skripal he was like best friends he was the last person to see him alive and then there's a fourth story which i thought was the weakest thing was mayanna buring playing this heroin addict alcoholic wanted a more more of a relationship with her daughter and you saw as well she was near the scene at the beginning and and you can see similar to to race Bull's character she's getting exposed she's gradually feeling the effects of it as well so they mm-hmm. those are like the four elements all related to this poisoning so luke what did you think of this i was kind of prepared for this to be awful and actually i found it quite compelling i found mm. What I liked about it was how not heavy-handed it was. Mm. It was quite procedural. It was quite. It was like it was like Manhunt, wasn't it? In that respect, yeah. it was more about the the procedural elements, the stuff, all the stuff with Anne-Marie Duff and and Nigel yeah. Lindsay and and um, Darren Boyd, the the procedural elements. It was, it the, was methodical and, and procedural, and it yeah, means... like people giving the phones over and and bits like that, and the stuff with Rave Spool where you sort of knew what was happening, but he didn't know what was happening to himself, and he plays that everyman character very yeah. well, doesn't he? But also, it it managed to turn what was a very dramatic and scary thing happening in the country into a proper drama and it didn't go into melodrama or panic at any stage at least not in this first episode i confess i haven't seen past episode one although i plan to watch all three but i was really impressed by it because the recency in my mind meant that i'm not gonna watch this to see how it all pans out because i remember where it goes but actually putting the human spin on it i thought was really good i mean Anne-Marie Duff was very good. She's very human, very relatable as this ordinary person who is kind of out of her depth, never having Mm. to deal with anything like this. But as you say, she's the closest that the council has got to the person dealing with this. I enjoyed the hour. It was quite an interesting, Mm. methodical hour. It was compelling, wasn't it? I think I I felt the same thing because I had no idea. You asked me to watch this, Pulling Back the Curtain, and I'll mention this again later on, that... It's often you who say, because obviously, you know, you run the site, you know what's coming up. And when you asked me to watch this, I'd never heard of this before. I didn't know what it was. Reading the description that we had on the previews, I was like, this might take me a couple of sittings. It's quite late. I'll watch half of this tonight. And I was yeah. I was completely gripped. As I say, the the only thing that didn't work for me was the Mayanna Buring bit. I think they, they wanted to put a human aspect into it, maybe a part that wasn't of the procedural but i thought you yeah. got that with mark addy 
making a cup of tea for the anti-terrorism squad who come round. His character, you know, he's very Mark Addy-ish in his performance. The jolly person affected by something that we've seen him play in a lot of different dramas. But I just think she didn't seem to fit with everything else. And I think if you took her out, I don't think you would lose anything. I think if you took anything else out, you'd lose because they all fit into the central plot and what happened. And I'm guessing her character's maybe a composite character, whereas everyone else, I'm assuming, there was a real-life equivalent to. That's always the thing with these things. You don't know if uh, he had a best mate that lived next door who was the last person to see him. We will never know, and it's not that important, but it was a really interesting... I don't think you need both of them, is my point. I think that's the only thing... that I didn't think it was clunky, and I thought she gave a good performance, but that felt to me like, oh, we need to put something in it that's more of a, a human realistic character who is a passerby who's been affected by it because we've got our cop we've got our health and safety crusader we've got our person who's close to the to the victims mm. we need a fourth we need these all these different elements to flick between and i didn't particularly think you needed that i might be wrong yeah. i might again having not seen as you say the next two episodes i'm not sure but really felt that this was this was something that surprised me i think when up. you see yeah, the cast as well and it's all people who are in a lot of things like you know yeah. but you just see a lot of familiar faces in a in a big primetime bbc drama i think our reaction is to oh but no i i really enjoyed this i found it compelling I'm i will glad. I go did. out of my way to to watch to watch this. It could have easily, and it kind of had the right to sway into melodrama and panic and dramatic music and flashing lights and loads of people coughing. But it managed to be its own thing. It managed to be quite procedural, and it did uh, just sort of counter events as they happened. I, I was so yeah. pleasantly surprised. But even it, the I stuff with say. Ray Spool, you know, it was more what's happened to your pupils and him go him going to the hospital and then saying oh we can't see anything wrong with you it's probably just a virus go home my other question to you and i don't know if you know the answer to this is this something that they've had in the can yes. for a while not for a while but it was no. planned in march it was planned in early march it seems a bit odd timing to have this on now it's yeah, not like it, yeah. a comfort drama it's like this is what's going on for a lot of people right now, this panic, this uncertainty, this... Yeah, but I know. suppose there are, your argument there is this has a conclusion, this has an end. Yeah, and I it just... And a story people will remember. Yeah, so. yeah I, I just feel like, could you have held this off a little longer? But yeah. I suppose no. I suppose no, because you haven't got... Any, and then that plays, I suppose, into the... Why are they putting this on over three nights when you're yeah. running out of stuff? I know. We would recommend it. And I yeah. honestly, went, before I started it, I didn't expect to be saying that. The Salisbury Poisoning, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday on BBC One at 9pm. So the other choices we have, I May Destroy You I think on we'll HBO. Get, should we go BBC to one. I May Destroy You now? Because that is BBC as okay. well, isn't it? We'll do so BBC we'll... then. Yeah. Okay. I May Destroy You. This is the brand new build again as a comedy drama-ish, which is airing on Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, really late on BBC. Uh, Michaela Cole writes and stars in this. She's Arabella, a young woman who must build her, who must rebuild her life after a drink is spiked. Arabella is is the a woman who has had some success in writing a sort of help self help book for young 
tweens and young adults she's sort of recognised uh, within her society and within her culture as somebody they know and she's working on another book and struggling to deliver and having to hold things off with her editor. Um, here we meet her small group of friends. We've got uh, T, uh, otherwise known as uh, Terry, who's a struggling actor and model, and Papa Ezadu as Kwame, who's uh, her best mate. And basically, she goes out on it for an evening uh, with friends. She doesn't want to go and gets pulled into it, and then her drink is spiked, and at the end of episode one, she's sort of found stumbling around, doesn't know how the night ended, and the story goes from there when she discovers she may have been raped or sexually assaulted by a friend of hers within the wider friend group. What about this then, Matt? What I appreciated about this was the way that they dealt with the subject of sexual abuse and stranger Mm. abuse and done in a way we might not have seen in a drama before. It's a subject that we've seen done primarily on soaps a lot. This is her not remembering at all being abused. You know, she gets this flashback of almost being rammed up against a toilet door or like a, a man's face and having to trace back her steps from the night before. As you say, she's in the middle of trying to pull an all day to get this work finished for her publishers. She gives herself an hour to go out with her friends and and it's a sort of acquaintance that possibly is this person who's abused her. I like the fact that in the second episode you saw her go through that procedure around, you know, going to the clinic and things like that to get herself checked out, even though she can't really remember any of the incident. There's bits where she's at a cash point, she's got a cut to her head, she starts bleeding during a meeting with the representatives from her publishing company. So that was all really well done. What I struggled with was her as a character. Right, okay. But And I said this about Domhnall Gleeson's character in, in Run as well, these not self-destructive but people who complain a lot about their situations even though they are quite successful when that when their situations appear quite cushy yeah like cushy situation and oh poor you you've got to come to a deadline you you know you're obviously on a retainer with this publishing company you've just come back from a holiday in italy you've got enough money to spend on a quite a lavish night out with your friends Obviously, you know, there is some sympathy there to her situation, but the way they built up the character beforehand didn't really work for me in terms of... And I did sympathise with the situation after the fact, but I struggled to care for the character in the 15, 20 minutes leading up to that. It's the stuff with the the whole procrastination, which was well, again, well realised... But I, I just didn't care about her and the supporting characters as well. As you say, like the Papa Residue and he cheating on his girlfriend with the proviso that this is someone they're inviting in for a threesome. Yeah. Well, that stuff didn't really. And in the, I, I found that really disinteresting in the second episode when Arabella turns up at, you know, his mistress's house and they have that conversation that took me there was so there was elements that i really liked about it you mentioned about t and her audition yes, i found that I quite really, that was scene. really compelling scene i really liked even that. though we really hadn't spent a lot of time with that it felt quite uneven i suppose is possibly the word i would use to describe it some of it was very powerful some of it was very original but other bits i found quite 
hard because I didn't really care about these characters. They're not the sort of people that I think deserve my time. <laughs> to put it, Crikey. Put it, like, as I say, like, Donald Gleeson, his character, the really successful guy going through the what does it all mean phase. It's those sort of characters that, whereas I, I'm much more compelled by the characters in the, in the Salisbury Poisonings who's just there doing their job and really... Caught up in something. Caught up in their than... job, you know, really committed rather than trying to procrastinate away from something where you've earned a lot of money and got success mm. and fame out of. Well, I haven't had much exposure to Michaela Cole. I never saw Chewing Gum. I think I saw one episode of Black Black Earth Rising. But apart from that, um, I haven't seen it. And I would attest to everything you're saying. I, I found her another one of these characters who just sort of moans their way through life and bemoans how well they're doing and woe is me. But actually, when when the assault that you're waiting for happens, uh, I did feel more compelled. But it was it was those on the periphery. So the, the T character I was really interested in and what she has to go through on a daily basis to get her jobs and things. And I'm interested to know where this is going to go. I like the fact that I cannot tell you where mm-hmm. we're going to end yeah. up at ep- episode 12 uh, yeah. when we get there at the end. No idea where this is going to go. I'm assuming she sets out to, as the title would suggest, destroy uh, the person behind mm-hmm. all this. But I have no idea at all. And I think it's she's got a very unique voice. This is mm. a story we've seen before, but not perhaps told this way. She did a McTaggart mat- at Edinburgh where she spoke mm. about being assaulted. We, I don't believe you were there or I was there that year, where she no, spoke I don't about think being so. assaulted and sort of stunned a crowd with her revelations mm. and, tr- and honesty about that. And that is where this comes I, from. So I was just going to say... somebody who knows the situation. Mm. It's not like it's just no. like Chris Chibnall writing about abuse and getting advice for here, there and everywhere. It comes from a... Yeah, and you can tell that. You can tell that there is that authenticity there. And and I really like the direction of Mm. it. I I think they captured the world very well, as a a phrase that you like to use all the time. I do do use that every day. The disorientation that she experiences as she succumbs to being spiked, her drink being spiked and stumbling towards the door, hitting her head. There are mm. set pieces in there that I really liked and I think the, it is a The whole a thing good... had the sort of, when we got to that point, the whole thing had a sort of unease about it that I liked and uh, even the stuff that wasn't directly involved in that, the tea stuff, I felt really uncomfortable watching that. I think it's going to be a really interesting, disgust uh, piece oh, of work that I'm going to stick with because you get one on Monday, you get one on Tuesday. You know, only half an hour. Of, they're only half an hour. There's a lot, not a lot of new content coming. No. We are going to reach a point where we are just going to be talking about what? talking heads. Why is this on so late? My only theory is that it must get more sexually explicit. That's my only theory. Yeah, I just don't understand it. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Maybe because it's half an hour, they don't want to. They've got. Well, they, they, they don't did want that to find... with normal people. They just doubled up, didn't they, on a Monday night? So I, I don't quite know. <clears throat> I don't this quite feels know. like a, a a suitable follow-up to normal people in that it would appeal to that same demographic. Yeah, absolutely. You're probably not going to stick with it, but you might be interested. If you tell me that it's it's still good, yeah. and again, it's half an hour, so it's not taking it's not up a load of my time. Day. No. Yeah. Okay, I may destroy you Mondays on the iPlayer and Tuesdays on the iPlayer and then very late at night on uh, BBC One if you want to watch it. Very uh, odd. On your telly, very odd. But, you know, there must there must be a reason for it, although it's not ex- immediately obvious. Following that up then with a show that I'm assuming a lot of people won't know is even available. It's called Betty. It's on HBO. All six episodes are on Now TV and Sky Comedy. This is a spin-off, if you like, from a film that I also didn't know existed called Skate Kitchen uh, from 2018. This stars a load of unknown skateboarders and it follows their journey uh, as female skateboarders in New York uh, across six episodes. Characters include Janae, Honeybear, Kurt, Indigo and Camille, all sort of struggling with where they fit in modern world. I started this and thought, oh, it's very... It's one of those shows... Can I ask you a question, Luke? Yes. Why why did you start this? Is this something that a critic you follow had recommended? Yes, yes. Yes, I thought so. um, Also, that um, is HBO, and I like to give a lot of this... I think they don't just do stuff. They always have a reason for putting stuff on. It's not just, let's do this show. It's we, we admire the creator or we admire the thought around it so i'll always give hbo shows a go uh, and this is just one of them that's hidden away and nobody knows much about so this is about that that core group of girls who skateboard their way through life they're always outside in new york they're quite disparate at the beginning i found that Mm. kurt and uh janae quite close and honey bear as well camille someone they meet in the first episode who is quite ambitious in that skate world, wants to be featured in these videos a lot more. I think the others are less interested in yeah. in getting that fame and getting that yeah. exposure, being one of these known skateboarders, if you will. And then Indigo was someone who had, I think in the first episode, never actually skated. They, yeah. She was someone they sort of knew who very quickly became a skateboarder. Sort of rallies or calls for girls to join them and become skaters and this is actually a tricky one because if i'd heard somebody review this in its entirety i would feel that i'd had it spoiled and Mm. what i liked about this was the fact that it started quite plot light and just following them around the city in almost like Mm. video camera style the direction is and it actually becomes something 
much wider and more intimate. I, and... I've got another question for you, because, again, as I mentioned earlier, you asked me to watch this. I'd never heard of this before. No, what made you watch past the first episode? Because you said to me, watch all six because it becomes a different program. Yeah, so, A, program. what made what made you watch beyond that first episode? Because I certainly wouldn't have. Yeah. And I suppose, what did you feel changed throughout the series okay, without so, trying to sort of spoil yeah, loads of it? Have to spoil. I think what changed is it became something that you could you felt strangely connect or I did strangely connected to these people despite not knowing about their world. It was sort of inclusive towards the end and I found myself drawn in. I was fascinated by a world that I clearly do not belong in, would not fit in. Really? I thought I could see you on a skateboard. You'd have to have an ambulance standing by. (laughs) (laughs) It becomes more about who they are and their backgrounds. And when when you start it, you think, oh, it's just going to be them getting into scrapes, skating around the city. And it actually becomes more about who they are and where they've come from and why they feel like they fit in this group, where they don't fit anywhere else. There's some Me Too stuff in there. There's some discussion about wealth. And it's actually about trying to find a group that you belong Mm -hmm. in. And uh, that's what it was. I like there was a scene... I think in the final episode where the the two girls are trying to teach a much younger girl. Yes. To that is to, the final episode. Cuz that's the final scene, isn't it, where she, yeah, they leave her a skateboard. And the father's like, you know, get away from her. I know what sort of people you are and this is my neighborhood. I, I started off judging them the same way that they were judged by the rest of the neighborhood and actually I I felt connected to them at the end. I said that normal people could have been seen at the beginning as somebody chopping up an independent film into little episodic portions and I think that is more I felt here. that for, I, I I have to say I did feel that on, on here yeah. with this and it's interesting you say that it is a spin-off of a movie I, I, yeah. I, I wasn't aware of that either but I think that you could have easily turned this out you know it's less than three hours it's around three hours all six episodes mm combined and i think you could have probably cut little bits out and had it as a big movie i I didn't feel particularly televisual to me if it maybe you'd had a few more episodes then you could have justified that i think normal people if comparing it to that that it did have a lot more you know it cut at certain points all the episodes felt like they were about things whereas one episode here continued yeah. the story on i i think for me i wouldn't say i didn't feel the series particularly changed i think you got more as you say i think you got more context around the character certainly in the second episode where you found out a bit more about honey bear in particular the discrepancy between the character she plays when she's out with the skate kids as you see her in a home environment and i think you learn the same about indigo as you go on as well yeah. and and as you say the 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 me too stuff with janae is, is very interestingly done. I wouldn't say particularly, I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did, but it certainly mm. did charm me by the end, it's, I think. Yes, it, that's what I mean, Rich. I, I wouldn't say this was one of my favourite programmes of the year. I wouldn't, never blew me away, but, no, I, but you know, it's not there with the sort of, you yeah. But yeah, it charmed, that, that final episode when they do succeed in not doing something, 
it, it is it's quite moving and yeah. they do do a lot to make you care about those five central characters and again there's that authenticity there it's yeah. clearly yeah. something that they, and i think it helps having primarily non-actors non-known people in these roles adds to that authenticity as i always say when it's people you don't recognize i did like the fact that they got a tony hawk cameo in there as yes, well I he, love that. Even I spotted that. Yes. <laughs> I he obviously no you're not a woman <laughs> um he obviously maybe sort of uh enjoyed the film and and they asked him to to do this but again it's it sh- as you say it shines a light on a culture that hasn't got a light shone in it very yes. often i think it is worth your time Absolutely. i i well, i don't think it possibly stuck with me as much as it did you, but I, I, I think I always be... get in try when when something that I think I sh- shouldn't be interested in captures me, then that always stays with me longer. I because... don't feel that I shouldn't be interested. I'm not as judgmental as you. So well, yeah, <laughs> who'd have thought that we'd be talking anyway about a, a TV series about a load of girls that skateboard mm. around New York? I'll tell you what it reminded me a little bit of and it wasn't a program I thought of at all until I started watching it was um, Smilf it had that yes, similar true. feel so to it. That the New York the, oppressiveness yeah, and the yeah yeah. I, I, but I do think this is worth checking out you know from our description if it sounds like something that you would like I think for me it was the third episode with Janae's birthday yeah. and all oh, I wasn't going to reveal that but oh, <laughs> they, they might not be that and and Kurt sort of coming round to the fact of yeah. maybe how she acted She's during different. that yeah. uh, and the bit with the rats and <laughs> I think this would have benefited from a few more episodes because I don't feel maybe I got to know a lot about Camille's background or a lot about Kurt's background maybe they could do that in the second se- season yeah. but I, I would have liked a few more episodes yeah perhaps. me too and that would have maybe gone away from me thinking that this just feels like a cut down independent film well i feel i'm always confused because sometimes i'm advocating for the weekly nine o'clock sit down you know water cooler hour one a week and then sometimes i'm saying you need to watch you're, you're very much hypocrite because uh, sometimes you'll hypocrite. and sometimes you'll go well if it didn't win me over on the first episode why yeah. should i watch anymore yeah. for this particular case it's all there you can watch it all and you should watch it all. I wasn't drawn in by the first one, but take it from me, if you can get to episode three and it's not a hardship, then I uh, mean, I watched it all in a day. I yeah, watched it all on Thursday. <laughs> so did I. Really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Betty on HBO and Sky Comedy. And again, it brings me back round to, I don't like this splitting up of all the different Sky genres because it means... Things get lost, and in the case of this, it means something is branded a comedy when it's not really. I don't know it's where got... you would put it because it's, it's... Sky Atlantic. If you're going to put it, yeah, somewhere. it's it's not of a genre, really, is it? It's no. very much a fly on the wall. Bits of it made me laugh, but mm. you know, yeah. Not a, I mean, Kurt, the actress who plays Kurt, reminds she's sort of a mixture of uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob and yeah. Daisy. Cooper in this country. Yes. That's that's who I would equate her to. I love I love the final episode when she's dored. Yeah, she just got dored, man. Yeah, she's brilliant. Did... She's not going to make it. She's in hospital. Yeah. She, she got run down by a car and she's not going to make it. She's no, dead. Not, no, no, <laughs> just she's not going to make it today. Um, so Betty on HBO um, and also on. Well, can I ask? Now uh, TV. Yes. 
Is is Betty? Is that a skate term? Um, apparently, it's a slang term for girls that ride skateboards. And I like, have no idea I, why. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I assumed it was a skate term, but yeah. um, I don't think they ever explained it, did they? Or if they did, no, I didn't. But I just it. think we're always saying about the BBC, they're getting better at at, at uh, doing things for a younger audience, normal people, and I may destroy you. Just two examples, but HBO just seemed to know what to do for that audience euphoria this i mean they, they seem to have a real hang out on and as you say the they're distributing i may destroy you as well on yeah this does have some links with that i suppose as well mm. in the way that they portray the elements of sort of sexual abuse and things like that that co- that comes into it it's not done in a heavy-handed fashion no, either it's is over, it? no it's not over the top or, no, or, or, which or i whatever. quite liked and i like the way that that storyline resolved itself oh, i really liked it betty on hbo uh, and i think that's another show where the first episode does it a massive disservice i could have so easily watched that first episode and never thought about it again uh, so stick with it if you're and i think you find out about honey bears home life and things like that in the second yeah. episode as well so you get more context around the characters whereas the first one is just them going around trying to find that backpack yeah and it just seems quite inconsequential yeah. and you're wondering what it is and uh yeah betty hbo and sky comedy oddly and now tv all there for you to watch if you're slightly intrigued watch it thank you we'd love to hear from you drop us an email custard tv reviews at gmail.com killing eve concluded last sunday on bbc one and bbc three this was the third series show ran by Susanna Heathcote um this final episode was written between Susanna and Laura Neal and they've announced a few weeks ago that Laura Neal will be taking over as the new head writer for the already confirmed series four although obviously that's all up in the air because Killing Eve is a show that not only has a lot of cast and crew but likes to go across the world and who knows when they'll be able to go to these exotic locations as a big team uh, in the way the they'll world They'll all have to self-quarantine for two weeks when they get there. <laughs> for me, I found that it was an, it was a interesting distraction for 40, 45 minutes. It was something mm. that I, I knew the characters quite well and I think the time period that it's been on, it's helped just having some something. sort of distraction something that completely takes you out of where you are which is what killing eve does Do you the, get that but... from the Salisbury poisonings and <laughs> <laughs> um, i am going to ignore that i suppose we should just me maybe just talk about this series as a whole and the yeah. the, the confused mess because i think you could easily tell someone what the first season of killing eve was i think yes. you could more or less sum up the second season couldn't you i think as well I think that that you know that they come together in in um, Italy and work together to try and bring down. I can't remember who the guy was now, but some some guy they tried to bring down. It was still quite focused, even though it lost it a little bit. It was still quite focused on 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 the plot in hand. This one went all over the flipping place, and you never quite knew where you were. And because they, they... of that, it felt a lot shorter than the series because it felt like it never really got going. Like it was so much time playing with the format and playing with time and playing with different places and different, different looks at characters and 
It never really felt like it got going to yeah, me. The first element of the plot was Kenny's death and trying to find out who who killed Kenny. Um, and it turned out that it Constantine confronted him on the roof of the uh, Bitter Pill magazine and he fell to his death. Mm. That or was rather he? anticlimactic. Or did he? I think there's supposed to be some element of mystery around that. Okay. Did he fall or was he pushed sort of thing? Okay, so th- and I didn't even get that. You did the sound se- like Mr. Mackey there. If we could, um, the yeah. second element of it was so, was Villanelle trying to learn about herself and her roots and reuniting with her mother in Russia, and that for me was the strongest part of the series, the episode in Russia where it was just Villanelle and her family, and and then you have this through line, which I think people who are still fans of the show. They're fans because they like this re- the relationship between Eve and Villanelle, and this. Am I weird? I never really. I must be odd. I never really sort of see them no, as a but romantic that, pair. But that's, but that's what people. That's what the fans have latched onto, isn't it? Like yeah, there's the that, ship side of it. It feels like they're playing to more and more this obsession that the pair have got about each other, and I think certainly in the final episode where they're dancing in was it Blackpool? Yeah, they were. Blackpool. Yeah, did yeah. you see Tess and Daly off to the side? Tess, Tess and Daly? Tess and Claudia, rather. <laughs> Tess and Daly. And, and the final scene where they're on the bridge yeah. and they're looking at each other and it just ends. And it just it all felt a bit confusing. I thought when... So in the seventh episode, they introduced a character played by Alexandra Roach, who was this new... bring this up. Recruit, like, villanelle without the faff, without the... Theatrics. The, yeah, theatrics. The theatrics. Exactly. Yeah. You know, she's a killer who just gets on with it. She you saw her kill or you didn't see it, but she killed Mo in the in the previous episode. You thought this is gonna be Vill- Villanelle's new um counterpoint, nemesis. a new nemesis. And the fourth series, I thought in my head it's gonna be even Villanelle having to team up to take on this new assassin that neither of them really understand. And I thought, well, this has been a bit of a a stupid series, but if that's what this is building up to, and she's got the 12 behind her, and then they just kill her off. Villanelle pushes her in front of a train. My problem with killing Eve is it does two things. It either kills off really interesting characters too quickly, like David Haig, or it keeps on characters that you feel don't have any point to them, like Nico. Kim Bodnia's, like Kim Bodnia's Constantine and Eve's husband Nico for far too long, and tries to shoehorn them into the. Series. And all the stuff with Constantine and his daughter and her running I was over. So disappointed when she fell on those train tracks in that finale, because she was an interesting addition. She was completely different. Felt completely new for the show and then for her it's like Villanelle is always going to have the upper hand the show yeah. can't cope if Villanelle hasn't got the upper hand and that, that well that's what I liked in that in that Russia episode because you saw her vulnerability in that a little bit as well it's the only time they pulled the mask down mm. a bit and you, I know you see like a childlike aspects because I, I think they they try to explain that here that she never really had she never really grew up because she never really had that childhood no. and she reverted back to being a child and Regressed. being 
yeah and i think i i liked that element to it and i was like can we not have this level of quality throughout but we had to get back to the the shipness of it and the the the, the bits where you know eve almost catches villanelle on the train or they're on that bus together you know she gets this scent made for herself it and it, the teddy bear this series has felt so bitty and so segmented and like steve pemberton's character didn't amount to anything oh he was dodgy he was in league with the 12 and i and thought maybe that yeah. they would have more about the 12 in this series you know when they introduced harriet walter's character and her connection to this group and and then again she's another cat everyone they introduced this season bar the sort of comedic uh bitter pill employees all dark they killed everyone off yeah. and they introduced it's this. a bit like they want to they do a pass the parcel to make it as awkward for the next writer to come yeah. in and and it just it, it doesn't hold together i try because as you say i watch this with my folks i try and turn my tv hat off and go you know most people don't know or don't care that phoebe waller bridge left after series one and then it was emerald fennell and then it was susan heathcote most people don't care or know that so does it hang together series one two and three as a cohesive show propelling things along and the answer is no it doesn't it just i'm shaking I, my head sorry i'm not i realize that, yeah. i'm not on video this it just, <laughs> <laughs> it just does not work it just has no idea where it's gonna go it just keeps throwing the writer hat across to somebody else and go there you do your thing with it but do you think then if phoebe waller bridge was still in charge that it would still have that through line to it or you know would that story still feel stretched if the same person was in charge is it because it's a different person you know behind the camera in charge every time or is it simply because this shouldn't have continued past the first season these characters should have stayed in you know that end of season one was perfect yeah because I think like Emerald Fennell had a, you know, had a good vision to it and had a good idea. But I think stretching these characters and th- this season, I think, has struggled because it's brought in so many new characters as well. Like, I can't remember but in nobody season... you can care about. I, I can't remember in season two them really bringing anyone new into it and in any sort of sustained entity. Every it was the same bunch of characters. But like you say, the only person Kirby Hal Baptiste to disappear completely off into the, the good only place. people they didn't the only people they didn't kill so like Gemma Whelan was in there but she mm. was even sent off at the end of every series wipes the slate clean and it really mm. annoys me the biggest mistake that was, and it was made in, in that series one which was so perfect which could still be held up as one of the most perfect first series of anything and perhaps should have ended there was they should never have met in that first series because once they meet a lot of the pressure is off and then you've got to find a way of them meeting again but not meeting so obviously that they're together all the time and it's moving further and further away from the title it's not about killing eve anymore i don't know what it's about it's about uncovering the 12 but that's going to feel like a massive damp like when taggart died and it's still called taggart you're not wishing ill on Sandra, <laughs> are you? 
Andrea just can't come back from America, so they never. She's never in the next series. Uh, I don't understand then why they didn't just call it Codename Villanelle, the name of the box, yeah. and have fun with it because that yeah. would make a lot more sense. Looking at the twelve, and, and that again, that sort of it set that up early on that this is what they were trying to do. This is what Kenny was trying to do, and how, and this is might be what Eve is going to continue to do. Look into the twelve uncover that and that has been something that's been but on the back burner feel like a bit of a damp squib because i don't really care who the 12 are but at least it's something at least it's yeah. something there's nothing here as you say everything just went round in circles and nothing i don't think anything had been achieved apart from maybe finding out what happened to kenny but as you say we don't even know if that was the truth because of the way it did it when we got to eight i was like oh we're at eight already not because the episodes were so good it flew by but because it didn't have a beginning, middle, and end. It just sort of, oh, you've done your quota of eight episodes. Good on you. But I mean, we're gonna have to wait till at least I thought twenty two. I think for the next series. Uh, so. You asked in the when we reviewed the first episode, how are they going to end this? Because the first series ends with Eve stabbing and, Villanelle, and then the yeah. second season ends with Villanelle shooting, shooting Eve, Eve. <laughs> and then this season it just ends with them staring at each other on a bridge. I thought they might hug and then throw each other off and then both end yeah. up in the river. Both end up in the river, which one survives? Yeah. Which one was picked up by the river cops? <laughs> They're but, in trouble now because there's no lifeguards anywhere. I suppose, how do you see then the series begin? Are they just going to be living together? It's going to continue exactly where it left off because the last two first episodes of the seasons have been picking up from where we left off. So, but this wasn't a definitive cliffhanger no, ending, was no, it? No, it's like what's going to keep me coming back other than oh, let's see how Jodie it Comb is still having fun and she's yeah. still fun to watch. Mm. Sandra oh, this year, I thought I had the least interest in that Has she been filming something else? Because it felt like she had a mind. It's like she went back to Grey's Anatomy for a time. I don't think she did, but um, she had a lot of weeks off. It was less Sandra O, more Sandra O. Yeah, she wasn't really that engaging this time. But again, it's the material, it's what they're given. Mm -hmm. But like you say, there was was some proper energy and steam that could have been got of Villanelle making an enemy of Alexander Roach's character, mm. and I'm having to say and Lu- and, Alexander and the, Roach's character because I've no idea what that character's name was. No. And the story of her like losing her mojo a little bit as well, and that became again that you let, you lost that when you when she pushed her in front of the train. That you, could have been a good the the assassin who can't kill anymore and has has lost that spark that she once had for her profession, and and they wasted everything felt like we had to zoom past it to get to that final scene it's just going to be routine that keeps people coming back unless they really promote this as the final season see how it ends you've you've waited for years are they going to get together because that seems to be what people reading comments and things Mm. online that is what people are clinging on to the fact that are Villanelle and Eve going to get back together? Are they all going to get together? You know, is this more than an inf- infatuation and obsession? Maybe, this is actually... maybe I've got a form of autism, but I don't see that relationship no. at all. It's people reading too much into things, and then I suppose the the person in charge changing the characters to fit what to fit the mold. Yeah, because for example, and I hadn't. I, again, this is something that I saw on an internet video. I hadn't realised at all that. 
one of the seasons of Westworld, they changed the ending because the internet had guessed how it was going to end. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's like it feels more and more, and I think there was an element of this to the Game of Thrones uh, final season as well, that, that, that writers now are playing to what the internet fact the the really obsessive internet fans are clamoring for rather than writing the story that the story. makes sense from the characters that you started off with killing eve is all available <laughs> on the <laughs> <laughs> it's all available on the iplay if you want to watch it enjoy but yeah i may destroy you Worth your time, Salisbury okay. Poisonings. I love you too. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Betty, worth your time. So I can't remember the last time I was so positive on all of the shows, really. Must have happened in like 2014 or something. I think we had one, I'm pretty sure we had one not so long ago where it was pretty... I can't think what the shows positive. would have been, but yeah. Um, look, at, look at things, but... I, will I think just generally, and you said this on Twitter this week, that TV has been better this year which is a shame because we're not going to get any tv for in the autumn so it is a shame because i think this year had had the current world not been the state of it is then this year might have been one of the strongest years of tv we've had for a long time yes we were always going to have the euros and we were always going to have the olympics to disrupt that but it would have come back in the autumn with big hitters like Line of Duty and Piggy Blinders and all the, the big ones and Euphoria and Barry and all those things that haven't had the chance to start filming yet. Um, that are so disappointing we're not going to see them for a long, long time. Things are allowed to go back into production now, so they're going to have to work out how, you know, how they're going to do. Perhaps everything will be filmed on a bridge at the end of Killing Eve and they'll just have to be standing... <laughs> Further apart from one each, each other, looking in each other's eyes. I've no idea. Oh, that's talking. Have you finished? Yeah. <laughs> I was just letting you ramble then. Yeah, just letting me moan <laughs> on. That's it then. We'll be back soon. Uh, rate and review us on any of the podcasts that you use. Email custardtvreviews at gmail.com. Look at the website, thecustardtv.com. Look at our Twitter, at custardtvpod for if we put up any social media questions. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.